Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast presented by Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like an energy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and put in promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller and Pilsy. One of our mysteries from yesterday's show has been solved. We'll hold on to that and lead with it coming up. Also, the most entertaining game from the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers series. We'll get into all that and another team has officially been eliminated. That and we'll check in on our sends abroad coming up. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, August 20th. Pilsy, there is exactly 50 days until the National Hockey League draft, but on yesterday's show, we discussed that Lassie Thompson had peculiar, it was peculiar that he had not been assigned to Ilves. Well, two things we know now. One, the Senators have assigned Lassie Thompson to Ilves, and can we call him Lassie the Lynx? Hey, I love good alliteration, so Lassie the Lynx works out well, and Pretty cool that the team actually responded to us to uh, give us the backstory on that Lynx. But, man, that thing drawn in 1962. Maybe switch up the design a little, guys. Uh... It, I mentioned yesterday it looks like it's straight out of Monsters, Inc. We're talking about the logo for Lassie Thompson's team. Of course, if you're from Ottawa or know the area well, you'll know the Ottawa Lynx, the old farm team, AAA affiliate of the Montreal Expos baseball team their mascot was named lenny the link so uh we can play along with that with the tom bomb going right back uh there sends prospects friend of the show he tweeted out his uh highlight reel of lassie thompson last season and if you've seen ovechkin take one timers i'm not saying he's there yet but it's all of his goals are identical right in the office there. So that's going to be exciting to see him back playing. We'll be following along, and uh, we're going to check in with a Finnish scout uh, coming up later in the week, so stay tuned for that. But Pilsy, nice to see Lassie back in action. Thank God the Senators did the right thing here. Like, we're just hearing more and more teams and players uh, loaning off overseas to Europe where they know they're going to get games in, where there's professional leagues going on, and... Imagine if the Sens didn't do this and Lassie Thompson just sat idle here. It would have been an absolute joke. So, Do we know what kind of protocols they have in place? It seems like a lot of European leagues are getting underway. Should this give more confidence to to us here in, in Sens land where we've waited so long for next season that it's more likely going to be able to take place? I'm not sure. I mean, like, there's so much behind this, right? Uh, I, and I the think States. Yeah, big elephant in the room. I think a big part of European leagues being able to do this is minimal travel, first of between all. Between countries, for sure. Exactly. So, And even if you're traveling in between countries, the, the distance-wise isn't that far, right? So you can make it work a lot more uh, efficiently, hopefully. As the states come into the equation, uh, I don't think people are too confident in what they're doing health-wise and taking the proper precautions to make sure that sports are safe. So we'll see how that goes. But we got a long time for them to figure that out till December. Hopefully they get all their ducks in a row here and we can have the NHL season start in December. Yeah, well, the NHL regular season in December, I think Sens fans are going to be equally as intrigued of when rookie camp is. When can we see our new toys from the 2020 draft? 
on the ice, whether it's a, even an inter-squad scrimmage. Let's go. It would be the most streamed inter-squad scrimmage in Sens history. I'll tell you that for free. Definitely. Um, any chance any other Senators may be assigned overseas? The interesting note for me as well today is Raphael Lavoie. He's a 20-year-old, so a 2018 second-rounder. Um, he finished, he played in the Quebec League. I think he got traded from Halifax. But anyways, he played for the Mooseheads for a bit. And he's a Canadian. World Juniors also, but he was assigned to Rogel, the same team Niels Hoglander, the guy who does the uh, the lacrosse move, Vancouver prospect. Anyways, that's besides the point. Point is, we're now seeing not only Europeans get reassigned to European teams, but also Canadian-born overage players. Like That I'll put aside, but there is one name I have in particular that I think the Sens could assign over to Sweden. And Ross, we're looking at another defenseman, Eric Brandstrom, and I think it'd be a great idea. We saw he played in the NHL last season more than he should have, more than the Sens would have wanted because he wasn't quite ready for that jump. But I also think he's not really meant to be in the AHL anymore. You know, he's definitely in between those leagues, but not quite ready to make that full jump to the NHL. So this is a happy medium where hopefully he's going to be comfortable playing in a, an environment he's used to, his old team, his home country, um, his home language, you know, everything that he's comfortable and used to, he can easily slide in there and then start working on those little things that he needs to work on to get himself to that NHL level. Well, he's been training in Sweden, so he's already there. He played in HV71. He actually played two full seasons in the Swedish yeah. Hockey League, which is pretty impressive for, for a young player, right? He's only 20 years old, and he's in his second season in North America. So that means he was a 16-year-old playing 35 games in the top league in Sweden. Yeah. Some would say it's a top three league in the world after uh, the KHL and NHL. Like. That's pretty impressive now that now that I'm looking back into that. And all no surprise, he only had one goal, six assists in that season as he was dominating the junior, the under twenties as the captain, twenty-three points in nineteen games. This was his uh his first year playing actually he had three games as a fifteen year old playing in the Swedish hockey league. So man, that all in all, like he doesn't need to go to Sweden in terms of his development. But if there's no hockey in North America right now, but there is there, I don't see the 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 drawback of that. And it would be HV71. I would imagine he would go back and play for the same team that he grew up playing with. So I think that's another interesting thing the Sen should look at. And like, what's the downside? I guess it would be my question, Pilsy. The only downside I can really think of is they're looking at the possible risk of a long-term injury, right? Like what a, or obviously health concerns with COVID-19, right? So I think the only risks are health-wise, but as long as everyone stays safe, they follow protocol, the COVID thing shouldn't be an issue, but there's all, anytime you're playing professional hockey, there's a chance you can have a major injury. And if Eric Branstrom suffered a major injury playing in Sweden before the season started, I think that would be a huge, huge buzzkill for this Senators team heading into next season. That's a really good point, too. I uh, should note as well, HV71, there's two draft eligibles that you might see in Ottawa after draft day. Emil Andre and Zion Nyback. We profiled both them in our Send Central Top 50 draft ranking. So uh, go and check that out. It would be kind of cool uh, if they were able to suit up alongside each other. I'm just so excited 
that there's hockey back on and sense Twitter is alive as ever. So just starving for, for this, uh, this new season and new team to take shape because it's pretty awesome Pilsy. And, and I want your take on this. Are we cheering for wins finally? Like, is this the year or are we doing one more draft? Here's the thing. I think this is the year you're caught in the middle. I don't think you're tanking and you're going full rebuild, but you're also not you're not trying to win the Stanley Cup oh, next dude, year. Dude, there, there's no nobody left to sell. So I yeah. don't know who you're taking well, oh, with. You would hope. You would hope. Don't uh, don't speak too quickly there, Ross. There's always someone to sell in the Ottawa Senators system, apparently. But that's here's the thing. I think you're not ready to compete for the Stanley Cup, but at the end of the season, DJ Smith had this team competing hard. And they talked about it, and a lot of teams talked about it, how coming to Ottawa no longer was kind of an easy win. They're going to work you. They're going to play hard. They're going to grind. They're going to forecheck aggressively. They're going to backcheck aggressively. These young guys are absolutely humming under DJ Smith's uh, tutelage. And I think with another year under their belt, once this roster kind of forms together, because this was a weird roster last year even. like not, Nothing really seemed to piece together nicely. But now we've got the pieces. We're going to have those high-profile draft picks. Some of the guys from Belleville should make the opening roster first night. So I think it's going to work out a lot smoother this year. But I don't think they're going to make playoffs just yet. And they still have Artem Anisimov, who is guaranteed to score at least one beauty. Um, I'm always going to be an Artem Anisimov fan after he came Artie, down. Artie. And- yeah, he had he man he threw a banger against <laughs> Dallas when he potted one in OT for uh, my first live game my of the season and uh, it turned out to be a win that was leading up to the Chris Phillips game uh, the retirement game so uh, all good news in terms of Sens getting back into action with Lassie Thompson but Pillsy we'd be remiss not to talk about the action we saw last night and we'll get into the elimination the official elimination of the Desert Dogs although it was all but over by the time we were recording yesterday but before we get to that it's Built Bar season. They're back with the Locked On Podcast Network, and they want to welcome you with a $10 offer. I love that deal because you look at, at their prices already. $10 is a nice chunk of change, and you can go out to your favorite socially distanced restaurant and go have a beer on them at BuiltBar.com. Just put in promo code Locked On when you go to checkout. And these Built Bars, I'm telling you, they're the real deal. And everyone who's bought in, we're getting lots of good reviews saying that Built Bar is just that. And they have all sorts of flavors, 16 different flavors. Eight have nuts, eight don't have nuts. They're all covered in chocolate. And that's how they came up with this slogan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You just sprinkle a little chocolate. It's like when, when you're a kid, Pills, you know your parents try to sneak vegetables into your meal. Well, they're sneaking all this high-protein, high-fiber food into what looks like a chocolate bar. But guess what? It's low in calories and it's low in fats and sugars. So enough about worrying about being health conscious when you're having a protein bar. I know a lot of them pack a lot of sugar. That is not the Built Bar way. Built Bar is guaranteed to make sure you feel great after a workout. So head to BuiltBar.com and put in promo code Locked On, and that's $10 off your next order. Not your first order. This isn't the old Built Bar. Built Bar, they are family with the Locked On Podcast Network. That's why they want you to have $10 off your next order. So tell your friends, hey, tell your roommate, and then you get two. But if you beach order, that's 20 bucks off. Are you kidding me? Possibilities are endless with Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. 
Talk about an up and down series, Pilsy. The Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers. We had a blowout. Actually, let's start at the top. We had a low scoring, great goaltending performance on both sides. No surprise in game one. Game two, Price gets the shutout. Carter Hart, is it the heart broken? We don't know. Turns out, nah. Back to back shutouts for Carter Hart right after turning 22 years old. This kid's ridiculous. But last night, it was playoff hockey. And there was some serious animosity and hate between these two teams. And that's something we've missed. I, the qualifying rounds, there was a little bit of that. But now that it's business as usual and it's round one of the playoffs, the hate is back. And you got to love the hate. One guy who maybe doesn't love the hate but loves getting involved in it, Brendan Gallagher. He took a lot of that hate right to the mouth. Yeah, it just came out before we recorded. Mark Bergevin saying that Brent, Brendan Gallagher has a broken jaw that will require surgery. You wouldn't have known it, though, Pilsy, last night, watching him beak from the bench after he took that cross-check from Matty Niskanen. Yeah, he, man, Gallagher's just chirping so much. He just needs a draft to get his loose jaw going up and down, and he's got chirps. He was living rent-free in Voracek's head. Voracek skated by him, looked to Multiple talk to him. times. Yeah, looked to talk to him, kind of gave him like, yeah, whatever, buddy. And then I don't know what Gallagher said, but Voracek zipped right back around. He did a full 180 and came right back at Gallagher. And then he left again and couldn't stop chirping. I don't know what was being said, but Gallagher was pointing to his mouth a lot. Uh, I think he wanted people to know that he got hit in the mouth. That was kind of uh, his message. Maybe oh, the rest too. <laughs> yeah, I think he wanted to make that known. But man, what an up and down game with some crazy stuff. And Ross, goalie-friendly show. We got to talk about some of the stuff that happened with Carter Hart that game. Is there anything worse? I would rather get snowed 10 out of 10 times rather than have somebody tap me on the head. I would go full Ron Hextall if somebody tapped me on the head after scoring. Ross, I saw that replay, and my blood was boiling. If I was Carter Hart, and shout out to him for staying mentally strong because I would be an absolute blackout rage like i'm talking helmet off blocker gloves down and i don't you you could put the whole team on me i'm not stopping till nick suzuki's face is uh, properly mangled after that because there's just no excuse for that like and a lot of people online are saying oh it's not a big deal like uh this is playoff hockey like the competition is getting intense uh sportsmanship goes out the window when teams hate each other like this no like come on like you what just would ron hextall have done you're looking at a two-handed slash to the back of the legs where there's no shin guards. And if you manage to skate away from that, he's chasing you down. And 100%. that's what I would have done because that is, especially a guy like Nick Suzuki. Like if it's maybe a, a, a veteran guy or something like that, maybe maybe you don't go after him because what are you going to do? But a, a kid like Suzuki, I mean, Carter Hart's a kid too. But man, I, I can't go over enough how angry that makes me. Do you know why I keep referencing Ron Hextall? Usually it would be Ray Emery in these situations, the king of getting involved physically. But Philadelphia, Philly, right? Goaltender getting run. Not only that, but one of my favorite Ron Hextall clips is in the postseason against Montreal, just to tie it all together. It's when Chris Chelios, I think, in the series before, in one of the earlier games in the series, Chris Chelios took a run at Hextall or did something Hextall didn't like. So it was on an offside. We'll, we'll post this on Twitter at Send Central. 
the offside happens, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of the screen, Ron Hextall comes in with a flying blocker right at the head of Chelios. You're like, what? Like, how? what even happened? This is just an offside. So Flying man, blocker. That's a retro move. That's old school hockey. Extremely retro. And that's how you get in trouble. I, I don't know about you, Pilsy. I feel, yeah, you caught left as well. You're not one of those weirdos like Askarov or, um, or Peter Mrazek who catches the wrong way. But that saved me because as I caught left, I'm left-handed. So I would never, like... Um, it wouldn't be comfortable for me to punch with my right hand as easily. So oh, no. I would... my weapons on my right hand. If you're if you're snowing me or tap me on the head after a goal, look out for that blocker. My move would be to put my stick behind their feet. If I was in the butterfly, put my stick behind their feet and then punch up towards their sternum. And then hopefully that like because you're reaching up, like punching up to their chest. Hopefully that momentum would carry them and then trip over my my stick. But you shouldn't be in the crease anyway. So if you yeah. are. You deserve to eat it. That's um, some UFC stuff there, Ross. I love it. Yeah. Well, one guy who deserved to eat built bars and much more is Darcy Kemper. And and we talked about him a bunch yesterday, but the Desert Dogs officially eliminated. Uh, we're going to stay away from the Desert Dogs. And, man, I think the only real thing that you can take from that is if you're a Nashville Predators fan, how are you feeling about watching Arizona just get crushed after beating a Nashville team that had the payroll and the, the talent on paper, that it, that should have been an easy series for them uh, based on the way they played uh, against Colorado. But it's not only the Avalanche, and it's not only sends abroad Vlad Nemestikov and Ian Cole, shout out Ian Cole, but Nazem Kadri making a name for himself positively in the postseason. The guy's racking up points and... He's heading to the second round for the first time in his career. That's oh, going to be sorry. nice. Where, where did he play every year of his career before this year? Well, he played half of round ones in Toronto. Right. Well, no, the full round one that he played in 2013. How'd that one end? <laughs> Leafs fans, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> let us know on Central Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. Let us know how that one went. But, man, Nazem Kadri in a team where you've got guys like Rantanen, McKinnon, uh, Kale Landis, Dog, disgusting. Kale McCarr's goal where he, he actually went outside in and used the defender's stick as a triangle. That was the the biggest, like, F you I've ever seen by a young defenseman. And he can do it. He can pull that off. And, man, if you're the Coyotes running home with your tail between your legs. And the worst part about the Coyotes is where do they go from here? Cheka's gone. they got an interim GM. And... They're, they're one of the teams that are spending right to the cap. Like, I, I think they have cap problems, actually. I don't know what they're going to do next season. And this is a team that there seem to be a lot of holes in the lineup. We talked about it yesterday. Nick Schmaltz of the lineup was a big loss for them. But there's a lot of work to be done here. And if I'm Taylor Hall, I'm looking elsewhere. That's for sure. And meanwhile, Colorado has... So much cap room. Do they have some of the best contracts in hockey? We know Nathan McKinnon at $6.3 million over the next three seasons is ridiculous. Rantanen's making nine, but he signed at the same time as Marner. So when you compare those two deals, that is a complete win for Colorado. You got Landis Cog on a reasonable contract. And then, dude, they're paying Nazem Kadri $4.5 million to produce like a first-line center. You can't, and then you have to have, and to be a competitive team, any of them, except I don't know if Vegas has any of these, but you have to have at least one guy contributing on an entry level contract. And for for Colorado, it's Kale McCarr. This this guy's ridiculous. But is 
Quinn Hughes matching Kale McCarr step for step. I know you just finished catching up on that St. Louis Vancouver game from last night. I, I think so. Like, look at look at defenseman points. Quinn Hughes got nine already. He leads defensemen. He leads rookies. He's ahead of Kale McCarr by two two points, which I mean, isn't that crazy? That they could definitely go neck and neck here, but. Is is there much difference between these two? Like, is there a clear number one guy when you're looking at Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes? I don't think so. I think depending on how you're feeling on any given night or who's just had a good game, you could flop either way on this one. You know, the Colorado Avalanche, sorry, we'll get back to Vancouver in that series. I'm just, I'm on cap friendly right now. They're at Colorado. the Do you know that they have $22 million in cap space for next season? And the only players they need to sign are Nikita Zadorov, who made 3.2 last year. Uh, Andre Burakowski made 3.2. And Vlad Nemestikov making 3.2. That's that's all they have to sign. They have $22 million. And it's it's crazy if you look at cap friendly, scroll all the way down, the four teams with the most cap space, and one of these teams is not like the other, Colorado Avalanche. LA Kings, wow. Ottawa Senators, and New Jersey Devils. Unbelievable. Like, for that, like, they could win a cup on one of the best budgeted teams in the salary cap era, easily. And, and that's cr- considering that they also are holding on. You mentioned for your stat, they have 2.75 of Tyson Berry's cap hit on that. True. Yeah. And, like, credit to Joe Sackett. Let's think back to, uh, let's use the time machine and go back to what, four years ago where the avalanche had one of the worst seasons in NHL history. It was all visualized by that Matt Duchesne. Um, what would you even call that? A hostage photo? Yeah. yeah host- a hostage photo for sure. He was being held ransom in beautiful Denver, Colorado, which doesn't happen very often. Well, and- there's not enough good country music there. <laughs> yeah seriously yeah not enough good country music that's why he came to ottawa right yeah so before we we get uh off the rails let's get back to that uh, vancouver st louis series because that's been a ton of fun and we knew it would be but we're seeing we, we keep talking about sends abroad robin leonard he, he's gonna command a great contract but jacob markstrom's right with him he was outstanding and do you think that on the other side we might see bennington back in net for game six Good run by Jake Allen, but it might be time to go back to the cup champ. I don't know. Like, and this is where if you're a coach, you're probably, you got a mental pretzel going on here because I don't think you want to flip back and forth too many times. I think you're not doing your team much service doing that. And you're not doing your goalies much service doing that, especially goalies. If you're a goalie thinking you're going to go on a massive playoff run, which Bennington, you just went all the way and won the cup last season. Why wouldn't you have that in your head? It's got to mess with you constantly going back and forth, back and forth here. But desperate times call for desperate measures. This is an elimination game now. So I think, sure, try the ace up your sleeve. See if Bennington um, comes back with a fire under his ass and wants to prove, prove something here. So I think, yeah, sure, give Bennington a try here. Well, I should mention, and usually we do this right off the top, Way to go from me 24 minutes into the show. But we're recording here. This is 6 o'clock. There's uh, no games have happened today on August 20th just yet. But Dallas-Calgary later uh, this evening, as I mentioned when we're recording. Um, Calgary on the ropes. Montreal without Gallagher. They they got the win last night, but they're, they're still on the ropes too. 
We need at least Vancouver. And I think as Sens fans, we can all agree of those three Canadian teams. Maybe a lot of people like Calgary with Matthew Kachuk, that connection as well. Although he hasn't been in the lineup uh, with a concussion, which is too bad. But you look at, I, I don't think any Sens fan is necessarily cheering for Montreal. But I think a lot of, I think people would like to see Vancouver do well. So I'm hopeful that they can pull off this upset because, man, St. Louis is not an easy test. I think that would prepare them really well for the next round, even though they're going to be stuck up against either Colorado or Vegas. Uh, Pilsy, a little sends note before we take off, and we're not going to open the entire can of worms about three and five versus one, but there was an interesting, it was Nate, uh, NKB121. He's uh he's with Sens, uh, Silver Seven Sens, I should say. He he made a nice Excel chart that just shows the first, third, and fifth picks. And for me, and I think most, it's pretty obvious. Like there's those generational years where you take one all the time, but there's a lot of years where you wouldn't. Like 06, for example, just getting Taves is better than Eric Johnson, and then you add Phil Kessel on top of that. Um, 09, you look at Duchesne and Braden Shen over Tavares. Yeah, I think so. Um, even though that one's probably a little bit better with JT having a, a fairly in- impressive first 10 years of his career. But Pilsy, something that's not noted there are the mistakes that teams made at three and five. Because I can think of four other years where if you take the player who went directly after the three spot or the five spot, you're taking three and five every time. Mm-hmm. Like, for for example here, yeah, Nathan McKinnon is ridiculous. And I, I might even still take him after this. But so you would take McKinnon over Drouet and Elias Lindholm, right? Yes. But now take out Drouet and put in Seth Jones. Does that make you think? But you have to look at the situations here. Like, it depends. Do you need Seth Jones as a defenseman? I mean, I think every team would say yes. And And that's where Nashville was laughing. They're like, we're going to get a defenseman here, and we don't even need him. We're going to flip him for what they thought was going to be their true elite number one center in Johansson, but that didn't work out. They've only tried to double down on that twice with Turris and then Duchesne. Stay out of our backyard, Poyle. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, But the important thing, and I think a lot. this was a really good article, by the way. Uh, Definitely check it out if you haven't read it. But I think a lot of people got a little crazy over this graph. If you read his whole article, the point he's trying to make is, in most cases, you would take the number one. But this is a different case this year because it's the deepest draft we've seen in a long, long time. And especially when you're looking at a team like the New York Rangers, who have so much leverage here. Lafreniere would work great on this team, and he would rebuild with the rest of the prospects. So they're not desperate here. They're not trying to move this pick. If you want to get this pick, you better show up big. So I think the point here is... For the Ottawa Senators this season, sure, you'd love to have this number one, but three and five makes more sense in this scenario. Okay, two more. Austin Matthews, would you prefer him or would you prefer Dubois and Ole Uolevi? See, Dubois, we got to see his coming out party this playoffs. He was well, an you're still taking Matthews, though. Beast. And yeah, that's the thing. Uolevi, who knows what's happening with him? He hasn't really shown too much of what he can do yet. But, yeah, sure, you're taking Matthews. But, but this how is about all- now? How about you swap out Yule Levy for the guy who went right after him next pick, Matthew Kachuk? You taking Dubois and Matthew Kachuk over Austin Matthews? I think probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is where I think uh, you made a really good point, Ross. A lot of mistakes are happening 
And uh, guys that are going at number four, uh, Brady Kachuk, anyone? Would you take Brady Kachuk over Jesper Kokkinami, who uh, questionable play in that game? He had some sick vision, though, in the last couple games. I got to give it to him. Yeah, so that's the thing. A lot of teams make mistakes. I think a lot of teams fall in love with a with a guy, and they they kind of put the blinders on to other guys because they're just so set on one guy, and that's where mistakes happen. Last one for you, twenty eighteen. You mentioned the Kachuk and Kotkaniemi, but first, would you rather Rasmus Dahlin or Kotkaniemi and Barrett Hayton, who went three and five? Dahlin. Okay. How about now, Rasmus Dahlin or Matthew Brady Kachuk, who went fourth, and Quinn Hughes instead of Barrett Hayton, who went seventh instead of fifth. Man, if you got Brady Kachuk and Quinn Hughes. But but see, this is the thing. Did you know they're best friends? <laughs> Don't tell Josh Norris that or Pierre Dorian. But here's the thing. If you take these picks, you're filling out your roster so nicely. There's your top line left winger in Kachuk, and there's your perennial all-star defenseman in Hughes. So you get two kicks at the can here. Sure, number one, you get the guaranteed or... Geez, you should get the guaranteed best player. Sorry, Neil Yakupov, that didn't work out. But you should get the top guy, and you have the luxury of changing things up. Maybe you think the overall consensus number one guy isn't the best guy. If you're the Leafs, they thought Morgan Riley was the best guy that dra- of uh, that draft, and they looked to make a good decision there, much better than Yakupov. So who knows? Like it's it's all in hindsight. It's all hindsight. Yeah. Well, if there's one man I trust to make these decisions, it's Trent Mann, and the, he's going to be leading this charge for the draft. I always get um, confused whether it's Trent or Troy, but Trent the scout, ah, Troy the coach. Too. Yeah, with the two in the Sens organization, and of course Pierre Dorian, who had a statement today um, regarding um, Lassie Thompson. Lassie the Lynx, as we're going to refer to him from there now on. It's a little homage to Lenny the Lynx, but he said that um, it, it was a mutual decision. He said, this is a direct quote, he said, playing league games is beneficial to any young player's development. To Lassie's credit, he expressed a desire to do so, and it's something that we very much support. So that's good. He could have just listened to Locked On Senators podcast, and he would have had the same result. Which he probably did. (laughs) And um, Pilsy, I'm excited to get back tomorrow. We've got a few more elimination games on deck, so we'll be back to break that all down. And the way it's going... We're going to have some more Sens news because it's just trickling out and trickling out. But we had to get that draft talk in at the end because we're 50 days away from the National Hockey League draft. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.